Hey everybody, Ron from New England here. Hope you all had a good Christmas. I wanted to shoot a little bonus episode at you with a little one-on-one conversation I had with our friend Andy over at the Deep Share Podcast. Sit back and enjoy, and we'll see you this week with a regular episode of The Wicked Planet. So let's get going here. Yes, sir. So Hell yeah, my buddy Andy from the Deep Share. How's it going, man? It's been a long time. What's up, brother? It's been way too long. I know, and that's why. That's why I wanted to get together because we always do this. We did this last year about this same time. That's true. I guess it's a tradition. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, so, maybe we'll tell some more Bigfoot stories. Who knows? So you know. uh other than just briefly talking to you online or texting you or whatever, I said, I got to get a hold of Andy. And then I saw you posted that you were going to thinking about taking a little break till after the new year. Which, yeah. The, yeah. It's yeah. The deep shares on hold for a little while. I just have so much going on. Well, it's that time and of year, you know, that plus, yeah, a lot of, like we were talking about before we got on the air, just a lot of side projects, a lot of family stuff, just everything, everything gets overwhelming from here. And, you know, sometimes and i decided let's take a break for a little bit and come back with a bang later on you know yeah but you know still doing some fun stuff on the side you know yeah well i mean you know a, a lot of people like the listeners i'm not sure i mean they they click on our shows they listen to our shows and they enjoy them and that's awesome right hell yeah but i, I it's I, and i'm sure they probably know how much work is involved but it's not just the amount of research that we do because when we do a subject or we talk about a certain thing like we like to be as accurate as possible right Mm -hmm. and and you know that takes a lot of time 
Yeah. And when you have a family, like I know you have a family, I have a family, you know, we both have jobs, we work full time. And then we find the time to do this on the side. And then not only that, after you get it recorded, then you got the editing process, which is, you know, can take you up to a half a day. Like, yeah, depending, depending on what you're doing. Depending on what you're doing. So, so it's a lot of time. So I get it that you need to take a break. I mean, you guys have been going pretty hard on that box saga. And I've, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> Like I still doing it. I, yeah. So I really enjoy that, that, that information. I mean, it's really a fascinating story. Well, thanks, man. I'm glad you appreciate it. There's a lot to it. And it's, it's still, that's another reason why I wanted to take a break because I felt like, um, not that the not that I wasn't enjoying the interviews I was doing, but I needed to take a step back because despite me being like, uh, you know, I'm interested in a lot of different topics, Sure, but my mind has been, stuck just you know concrete in the ancient past specifically surrounding like language and you know indo-european cultures and all these different things that are just really particular so i got all that shit rattling around in my brain all the time trying to talk to someone else about a completely different topic that i would normally really want to be invested in but it's just that like I need to step back also because I need to work out some research lines that I'm, I'm working on with Dan and others and just kind of focus on those things off air for a while and kind of put it together. I want to maybe put together some sort of presentation PowerPoint documentary. If I'm up for it of some kind, you yeah, know, not some- just about box saga box saga is a puzzle piece that kind of changes the landscape of the whole damn puzzle almost. It really you know, but does. It's just a piece. Yeah. It's just a little thing that hints at other things, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah a lot and, going on and yeah. you, you, yeah, go ahead. It, well, and you're talking about Dan, our friend from the rising from the ashes podcast. Absolutely. That Shout too. out to him and yeah. Romy Romy. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great guys. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, it's like when I get on like Sean and I, uh, and Buckley too, but, Sean more so, um, he, this time of year, he's basically off. He's off for the winter. I mean, he does some little side things here and there, but, but his business is, is he, he builds pontoon boats and he sells them and he's really busy in the summer. Right. So it's hard Mm -hmm. to get him in here, but he has a lot of research time in the winter time and, and him and I, well, again, and Buckley, we've been working on this Babylon and beyond kind of thing that we've been doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which which is a huge undertaking because that goes back literally thousands of years, you know, kind of like your box saga, you know, which goes mm-hmm. back even more than that. And it's like it takes a lot of time to research that. But, oh, yeah. uh, but then, you know, in in that, I got into the whole Kazarian Empire Right, you know, which which the whole war in Ukraine kind of brought that to the forefront, and that's how I discovered that. You want to talk about a subject that'll suck you in? Oh my god! Yeah, I wanted to ask you. Well, go ahead, finish finish well, what you were saying first. Well, so I I went really hard on that. A lot of reading about it, a lot of listening to audio books, a mm-hmm. lot of researching online. Again, putting the pieces of the puzzle together with how that interacts with the former Russian empire, the Romanovs. Oh yeah. Which, which comes from Vikings. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, they. Yeah. Box Saga claims that the Russians and the Finnish people are the the original. Right. You know, Caucasian race. Right. So the oldest people on the planet. Right. So there's a lot of information out there, and there's a lot of good information, and there's a lot of bad information. Just like when you, like when you want to look into Tartaria, you know which is another fascinating thing, which is actually part of anything that you want to study when you're talking about Russia. And, yeah. uh, and sometimes you, you just get so inundated with information that you have to decipher on whether it's legit or not. And I mean, how do we know? I mean, we weren't there thousands of years ago. And, no, we can only do the best we can with the, with what they left us. Right. You know? And that's what I'm saying. You know, when history is not always what it, what it appears to be. No, that's a huge problem, you know? Yeah, so so that's why we take a lot of time trying to figure that out. But but the point is, is had to take a break from that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so and then Anonymous Sean turns me on to this devolution theory, theory, which we've done three episodes, where we just give little tidbits about it, right? Now, he's really into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we've been doing that, and uh, the listeners have been responding pretty well to that. It's kind of cool, and... Again, it's it's like not only like with the Kazarian Empire, which has turned into the Kazarian Mafia, which has turned into what is today what we call the Deep State or the Illuminati, right? Right. So that whole lineage there. Well, devolution is like the end game to that. So so we're hitting devolution and we're working our way backwards, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with that, with yeah. that theory. Yeah, that yeah. So, so it's something uh, I would say you can dive into just you know, just a little bit and just kind of you know kind of wet your feet with it, and that's what we're doing with the listeners now. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Sean has so much information that I think what we're going to do is because you know I'm kind of flexible. So during the day when I'm at work, we can come up to the studio and just do a quick you know. 45 minute recording or nice. a, one, a one hour recording and then start clipping these all together so that we can actually put out a series. And then on Wednesday night, when we typically record when Buckley is here, uh, because he, he's pretty good at adding into it. Not only that, the little comedic little shots that he throws <laughs> yeah. in there, which, <laughs> which, which people either hate him or they love him. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, he's, he's, he's a great guy and, and he adds a lot to the show and that, and that guy's consistent. He's been here every show, you know? That's great. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, so sometimes you've got to st- uh, step back and, and, and uh, you know, decide what you're going to talk about because, you know, basically we're content creators. So we have to have good content that people want to listen to. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, I was trying to be, I've never been able to be consistent just because of the way life is and everything, but like try to be consistent. But lately with just, yeah, the influx of, of stuff that I'm researching versus how I want to put it out. It's just, it doesn't work with a super consistent, like let's put something out every week. And, and yeah. So it's nice to take that, that break from, uh, I don't know that pressure to put out more okay, material so we, so exactly. regardless of quality, even, you know, if you start slipping into that territory where it's like, you just putting shit out to put shit out. It's like, ah, man. So I've had that conundrum going on, you know, not that the interviews I've done were like poor or, you know, not ones I didn't want to do or something like that, but just in general, you had to take a step back and focus on this. Cause I, it, what the box I did was take me all into 
folklore. So now I'm researching my own heritage in Ireland and Scotland and, uh-huh. and those areas. And yeah, shit's just blowing my mind. And I don't want to talk about too much of it yet without really putting it together with a couple good people, you know? Okay. So, so that's, so that's exactly, uh, you know, we've got some things on simulation that we want to do when we want to uh, reference, uh, the, the Westworld TV oh, series yeah, into yeah. it because that just blows my mind. Unfortunately, uh, HBO canceled it. So I think we Did only, it? I think we only have four seasons or five seasons and that's it, but that's okay. Still the, lots of symbolism in the there. The concept of it is really mind boggling to me because it is like simulation theory and possibly living in the matrix and, Maybe you're not who you think you are, and maybe your past isn't what you think it is. Only what was injected into your brain or into your consciousness for you to live that life. So that brings it into the simulation theory to me. But yeah. you, but you have to. And Sean and I have had this discussion like on multiple times. How can we? And and, and listeners don't take this wrong, but. We want to make it as easy for listeners to understand as we possibly can. Yeah, it's a complex subject. It's very complex. And same thing with Box Saga or, uh, like you say, ancient history or hidden history is is extremely complex. So with both of these... We, so what's interesting is the th- I'm going to try my best to put this into words. The, the things I'm working with, the hypotheses that I'm kind of working with right now, kind of it inv- one piece of it kind of involves how we look at things like like simulation theory and and how materialistically we naturally tend to look at things that are presented to us, you know, and the matrix did a real doozy on us. Right. It's like the matrix kind of made it like the movie made it. So when we think of these terms, that's the funny thing about language and words that the elites kind of get to persuade how we interpret words all the time right so it's like we hear matrix and we immediately think of this literal physical situation that we're in that's like hiding from us and we're like we're not really here and it's funny because it 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 doesn't align with but it mocks like ancient like tibetan wisdom and things like that east eastern mysticism and things like that it sounds like simulation theory is like, or should I say simulation hypothesis is like supposedly like aligned with this ancient stuff, but it's not in my, in my opinion, I'm curious, what what have you found personally? Like, do you think we're in a simulation and what does that mean to you? If yes, I don't know. Okay. So, uh, simulation hypothesis is a very interesting subject to me. Me too. I have, uh, oh, and check this out. You probably won't believe this. I have never seen the Matrix movies. Oh, so So I, and I'm thinking that maybe I'm going to hold off on watching them. I mean, I've got the whole series at home on my TV, like hmm. the complete trilogy, but I uh, have never sat down and watched even one complete episode. I've watched pieces and parts. 
But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold off on it because I don't want it to guide me into a particular direction. You follow Good. what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So because I because I come up with these kind of my ways of thinking on it or my theories on it just on my own. Mm-hmm. But that's how you should. But just in some of the things that I've seen in uh, the first season of Westworld really is a mind blower. Yeah. And how. And and have you seen it, Andy? Have you watched Westworld or bits and pieces of it? I've seen two seasons. Okay. Uh, so, all right. Yeah, so do you remember when they ripped open a thing in, in, uh, Oh, oh like like they they ripped into from one reality into another and all the Indians were running to go to their promised land and and they were running through to see this opening and through and they were in the desert and they could see through the opening green mountains and green fields and they ran towards that they were told to run towards that Shit, that would be their that. promised land Mm-hmm. And you could see on the other side they would run, and they would and they would run through the the tear in time, I guess you could call it, and they were ended up walking across the field, and they would all be reunited there. But on the other side of it, you could see they were actually running off of a cliff, and all their body, you know, were just going down like you know a thousand feet, and all their bodies Whoa. were just piling up. I think I remember that now. But yeah. their consciousness and their reality that they conceived that they were actually living in went from one reality into another reality. So they, in a sense, escaped the life they were in, which was the life of Westworld, and they put them all into a a parallel reality where they could live the life the way they wanted to live, not the way that they were living their life over and over and over again. So right, okay, right. Yep. So so they basically they set them free from this the drones this yeah. matrix, if you want right. to call those, it the matrix. You, and the people on horseback that you're talking about, they're they're the androids that they're all droids. Populate, they're all robots. Populate Westworld. Yeah, yeah. They're all robots. There wasn't there wasn't any actual what they called hosts. Right, like well, who they called a host were the people that ran Westworld and were actual humans. Right, but as we get into the story more, we find that these people that for two seasons we've been told are actual hosts and humans, we're discovering that a lot of them are actually not. Oh, interesting! And do they? And even they know it don't themselves? know it. They don't right. know it. No, it shows how they discover that they are actually androids, which I mean, that really just blows my mind, which brings into another thing that it kind of opened my eyes to. So, but what was you going to say, Andy? Well, yeah, you see that at the end of, I think it's season one or two spoiler alert with Bernard Mm -hmm. and that whole situation that was mind blowing the way they did it because it reminded me personally, the way he was starting to lose grip 
on reality mm-hmm. and starting to see the door and everything where no one else was seeing the door. It felt like such an acid trip, man, because it's not just like you're seeing random silly shit. You're seeing meaningful shit. That's like just dripping with meaning and you don't know why and why it's important to you and stuff like that. So his trip out into finding out that he wasn't even a real human mm-hmm. was very parallel to a trip I had that like, it just went so deep that you consciousness itself basically like poofed out of existence for a minute. You know, it was like I proved to myself that nothing existed or something like that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> went way too far out. But Westworld is a really great allegory when it comes to those deeper thoughts about reality well, and what simulation means. Because again, it's a show and every show, every movie they present the truth in a dressed up, makeup, provocative way. Like look at Harry Potter and basically any other mystifying science fiction type movie. They make magic look like a theatrical, insane, very physical thing. You know, it's lightning coming out of swords. But you and I, from talking to so many people, we know magic exists and we know it looks nothing like that oh yeah you know what i mean misdirection is a big thing so i think you know take that mentality into westworld as well and you know for those who have seen the matrix the matrix as well you know it's the metaphor that's really the most important part because i think all it is is talking about consciousness like from every argument i've heard so far and i haven't talked to everybody no one's convinced me that we're in a simulation because they're just describing, well, the hypothesis itself is kind of like parroting what consciousness already is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, and the, if someone tries to throw in some evil AI controlling aspect to their theory, well then, okay. Yeah. You're just talking about the ego easily. Mm-hmm. I've met him. He's a fucking control freak. Yeah. <laughs> and he is the, you ever seen the cell with Jennifer Lopez and Vincent D'Onofrio? Many years ago. Yes. Okay. So his real self, the criminal's real self is this innocent little boy that keeps running away. That Jennifer Lopez is trying to track down in this killer's mind. The ego is this megalomaniac crazy man wearing all sorts of ridiculous clothing that acts as king in the guy's mind, right? That's the ego. It's such a beautifully put movie talking about how consciousness works inside of a human brain. It's pretty nuts. But yeah, yeah, so to me, it's like, it's just a matter. It's a, it's a, it's a metaphor that's run wild about consciousness, you know? And right now we're using machines because that's our contemporary worldview, right? Right, so when we think about that, that's just like the movie Ex Ma- uh What is it? Ex Machina. Ma- Ex Machina. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when you when you think, I mean, when I watch these types of things, like I've I've watched Westworld several times, and I'm actually getting ready to watch it again because I'm really trying to nail it in my own head how this works. Because because you can watch it one time for the entertainment value of the yeah. story, but then when you when you watch it a second time, you will see things that you did not pick up on the first time, right? Yeah, you get right. to let go of the mainstream so, right. theme. So one of the things I think about 
And I was actually listening to, is his name Howdy Makowski? Yeah. He, he's, he uh, he's... was just on with Joe and Jen at Lejabat and Matt. And, uh, but I, but I discovered him on the higher side chats mm-hmm. and he talked about the soul recycling and I, and I said, oh my God. And that was so interesting to listen to because these are thoughts that I've had like right along. Right. Because if you read about Eastern, Eastern philosophy, Buddhism, right. In general, mm-hmm. uh, which I got turned on to, uh, at a, pretty early age i mean i'm gonna be 59 i want to say my mom turned me on to it when i was maybe in my late 20s early 30s and i did a lot of reading about it back in the day but again just like another subject you got to walk away from it you got to just step away from it yeah because i was getting like really deep into like buddhism stuff that i'd never heard of or heard anybody ever talk about right Mm -hmm. because everybody thinks buddhism is just monks meditating i'll think it's not yeah, be happy. Yeah, yeah, it's way, like, way deeper than that. Well, the thing is, like, they, they believe in reincarnation. Now, I've believed in reincarnation ever since I was a little kid before I even knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. Like, so so that's already been implanted in possibly in my DNA somewhere, right? It's an innate thing. Yeah, so, so, so I'm a firm believer in reincarnation. And then when you, when you listen to the Eastern philosophies and they talk about how on your path to enlightenment and your enlightenment is what this howdy individual would kind of uh, equate to you've learned everything you're supposed to learn here. Now it's time for you to do final ascension because, because in the Buddhist uh, the Buddhist way of thinking, you have to relive over and over and over again until you get it right just to put it in layman's terms. And once you get it right, well, then you become enlightened and then you move on. You no longer are stuck in this consciousness or this reality, whatever it may be, simulation, matrix, whatever you want to call it, or just life, right? Like the light at the end of the tunnel uh, when you pass away, you know, a lot of people with near-death experiences, NDEs, mm-hmm. they say, and they come back and they say, oh, I saw this beautiful light at the end of this tunnel and I was getting closer to it and then boom, I came back, right? right. And then people will say, oh, I got to, th- that that the, the light at that end of the table is just the light in the hospital room as you're being reborn. You know, I've heard, I've heard that. I've heard that too. too. Yeah. So, but I'm saying, so this is, so this is your soul on, on, on recycle, right? (laughs) So what if you believe in reincarnation, then you can believe, okay, how many lives have I lived? Have I lived a hundred lives? Have I lived 20 lives? Have I lived a thousand lives? Like I have realistic dreams that go all the way back to Roman times. Wow. Yeah. And, and and I mean, I had a dream that was so vivid and so real that I was actually like a, a, a Roman, and I don't know if they called them generals, but let's just say a very high-ranking Roman. And mm. I don't know if I've ever told you this story or if I've ever told the story to the listeners, but uh, but I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. And we had just finished this massive battle. And I had all my men you know, a fair amount of my men or say my top men with me and we had a prisoner and we were going to question this prisoner. 
and I had him kneeled down and one of my men was interrogating him, but he wouldn't talk. So I remember walking up and saying, you know, basically, and I'm sure the dream, maybe I was speaking Latin and I understood it. I don't know, but I'm saying, okay, what are we finding out? Are we finding anything out here? No, he won't talk. He won't give us any information. He's being very defiant. I said, okay, give me a sword. So somebody gives me this great big, huge sword. And I looked at the guy and I said, okay, I'm going to give you one chance to tell us what we're at, you know, answer the questions we're asking you or you're of no use to me. And if you're of no use to me, we're not here to take prisoners today. Look at that battlefield behind you. Do you see any prisoners? <laughs> you know, basically. And he was just defiant, defiant. And I'll tell you what, as real as we're sitting here right now, I cocked back that sword and I cut his head off. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty intense dream. to wake Yeah. Up. <laughs> and then I woke up after that and I was like, just laying in bed thinking, oh my God, that was so real. Like I was there. It wasn't a dream, Andy, in the sense that, you know how sometimes you have dreams that are totally nonlinear yeah. They're bouncing all over the place. You're here one minute, you're there the next minute. Yeah, most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing makes any sense, right? Yeah. This dream was not like that. This dream was like real life. Yeah, and I had one like that in my entire life, and I only knew how to say that I called it lucid because the reason why it felt so linear was because I felt so present in the dream, uh-huh. you know, what you're talking about before is my normal dreaming, which is just total chaos. You know, it's just all over the place. That lucidity was a completely different situation. So I think I, I kind of feel you where you can kind of like feel the environment. Everything around you is just as real as you uh-huh. and I sitting here right now, uh-huh. like you said. Okay. So my point is if that was a life that I had led at one time, that might have not been deemed as being a good guy. Sure. Even though maybe, you know, to the Roman army or the Roman empire, I was a god, right? Mm-hmm. But point is, is, is every, every time that, you're, that you die and you're reborn, you know, your consciousness, like in the reincarnation, you... You live these entire lives. Now, I have, like, dreams about past lives, like, pretty frequently. Hmm. I, I mean, I haven't in the last probably six months or so. But I find that if I'm under a lot of stress at work or a lot going on or having, because we've had a lot of frustration here, and you know, uh, since, the like, in the last nine months of this COVID thing that we're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, so I've had a lot on my mind, a lot of things going on, a lot of obligations and, you know, and you got to make a lot of money to meet those obligations. So that creates stress. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're under a lot of stress, you don't dream those types of dreams. I think you dream just kind of weird dreams or maybe you had one too many margaritas and maybe you're just having <laughs> some flipped out dream. But, but the thing right. is like, like that even leads me to believe more that, that I've lived multiple times. And I'm sure this is the same for a lot of people. But this Howdy Makowski guy, he was talking about how to escape the reincarnation cycle. 
and it's kind of reminds me a lot of the Buddhist reading and teachings that I that I learned of that is actually your path to enlightenment. Mm. So if you think of it, if you think of simulation, right, or your consciousness, and are we really here or are we not really here? If you think about the whole idea of reincarnation, you're living over and over and over again. And and maybe things that you're going through in this life is payback for something you did in the life before. Or maybe, maybe really good things happened to you in this life because maybe the last life you lived, things didn't go so well. And these are all like the, the really strange things that I just sit and think about when I think about simulation hypothesis mm. or reincarnation or, or any of that. And, and that's why I'm really drawn to that series Westworld because it's like even though they are basically androids, right? Like they're not real humans, but you can't tell. But they are playing us. The androids are supposed to be us. Right, but when these androids gain consciousness, like Maeve did, the character Maeve, she gained consciousness. Right. And and obviously Bernard did way before that. So so No, afterwards, right? He found out that he was an android way after Maeve. Okay, he found out he was an android, but that's becoming conscious. (laughs) Right, but what I'm saying is he had no idea for however long that one particular reality for him was. Right, right. He was a hundred percent sure that he was a human being. Right, yes. He never even (laughs) questioned that he wasn't a human being. So that's where I get the question, are are we really here or are we not? Let me talk about Buddhism for a minute here. Because I love love learning about Buddhism. So when I had all my psychedelic escapades, where I ended up was Buddhism and Taoism were the two philosophies um, I jived with most intensely based on the experiences I had. Um, what's interesting about Buddhism is it's kind of like the renegade of Hinduism where exactly Buddhism doesn't believe in the self and Hinduism was like, what get out of here because you know, you got to hold on to the self. But the thing is, if my body is part of the matrix, right? And my dog is part of the matrix and my head is part of the matrix and my family, all these things that I, that I possess are part of the matrix, right? So what about my self? So this is another attachment. So this is the problem when we talk about the basic foundation of Buddhism is that all is one. So this is another way you could say it with the way the new age hijacks it and runs away with it is, you know, it does that whole, we are all one thing. And we're, you know, but when you look at the older traditions talking about it, it's really saying that what the illusion is, is all of us. It's not really an illusion. It's that we are, we are like every thing that we can experience is what the West would call God. Uh-huh. Like it's so the, Buddhism doesn't really believe that there is a self. He believes that 
and they believe that enlightenment is the relinquishing of self and that collective is that mentality. So like when you think about Ram Dass and his teacher in the mountains, Bobby, oh, I can't even remember his name, Karoli Baba. He was like a child, but all he had in him was to give out to others because there was nothing there. He, they, Ram Dass would call him like a, an empty vessel at times until people were around. I don't know how <laughs> deep down this rabbit hole we want to go, but when, this is these are the reasons why I have such a hard time with not only simulation theory, but also our our at least our contemporary and traditional way of thinking of reincarnation. Because what what gets left what does get to continue and what gets to hold on and what forgets their old lives if there is no self and if it's all just God make believing all the time, (laughs) because like when it comes down to it now, science is basically saying, confirming that reality is not even locally real. Um, And then we can move with the quantum physics proving that like matter itself is just concentrated energy. So it's, it really is kind of like quote unquote illusory, but if this is everything as Buddhism suggests, if this is all reality and this is how it is, then it's not an illusion. It can't be an illusion if it's the only thing we got. Right. So this is really twisty and weird. And it's hard to, because I know that there's a divinity going on. There's something magical about this experience. We're all going through this whole ordeal with the self is something personally for me that I have no way to, to, to deal with. And I don't think anyone really does. Like the only thing that I can think of is man, I've missed my chance to go to the mountains and just sit with a bunch of llamas and learn from them. How do you deal with that? That there is no self like what? So yeah, I'm kind of ranting now, but this is a deep topic for sure. I mean, I think we're being hoodwinked in a lot of ways. Okay. So you brought up the new age movement. And how sure. they how they hijacked a portion of that, and I agree with you a hundred percent there. So, I had done yeah. some I had done some research actually on the CIA.gov website. There's some really crazy shit on there. Have you ever checked that out? Oh man, yeah, <laughs> so many rabbit holes down thousands CIA.gov. and thousands of documents, right? It bothers me that they give those out to us. Yeah, to be honest, it bo- FOIA bothers me uh, b- because honestly, if they're so clandestine, then they could just be sending us down a million fucking bullshit pathways with all these quote unquote declassified things. It's pretty what, funny. What that we we have to ask permission for information that should be ours. Right, declassified <laughs> disinformation. Right, most or, likely. Yeah, some of basically, it. Basically, anyway. yeah. Or, 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 like the only time you're really going to get something that might be legit, it's ninety percent redacted. Right, but, that's the what they're. So if they're giving that out, and like, here you go, here's your declassified information. Yeah, ones that are full blown information that are sending you down all sorts of rabbit holes, watching or paying for documentaries from bad actors and shit yeah that's that's another story i think but which one's your favorite okay so so listen so listen to this like idea 
Right. They're like, okay, we can keep all these people like really busy. Let's just make a story up and put it out there just and let them accidentally find it on our website. And they'll think it's some, you know, massive secret and they got to look into it. Right. But I want, but I was getting, but I was getting into, yeah, to maybe distract us from finding out some things that we really want to find out. Most of those documents on CIA.gov are from, um, from FOIA requests. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of initiated and dumps are made. They just dump tons and tons and tons of stuff. So the one or two things that we were really looking for are needles in a haystack now. Right. But that's what, yeah, that's how, but, but my feeling on the new age movement was I think that that was a total psyop, possibly came out of Tavistock Institute, you know, the whole Laurel Canyon thing. And I think that uh, I, I, I used to watch a lot of New Ager stuff. I was interested in it at one time. Um, but when I started looking at it, I'm like, oh, my God, these are like, like, I didn't call it hijacked, but I called it, these are just like borrowed excerpts from Buddhism. Mostly. And, and Yeah, a lot of it. And and then they just take it to another level for all these uh, hippies. Let's just call it that because that's when, that's when a lot of that new age stuff started to come to be, right? They so, do it in a very particular way. Yeah, and, and I think the new age movement and not to confuse that with spirituality. No. I mean, Ryan and I uh, got into a really, like, really interesting conversation about spirituality. Mm-hmm. Because because we were talking about people that say, well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. So we were trying to decipher the difference. <laughs> and that's when I started getting into, you know, looking into this new age movement and then kind of made a decision on my own. And, and also a lot of other people have the same theory that, the new age movement is a fucking psyop is basically is basically what it is. It's to get people to maybe go in this direction. It's gatekeeping. Yeah, exactly. Because there's absolute truth in there because it's taking all the ancient wisdom and which of we're split on this too, but it's in my opinion, it's taking the ancient wisdom and, uh, you know, hijacking it, twisting it, you know, again, I can go into it deeper, but before I say that, it is interesting that we are even split in this community over that Mm -hmm. because of course, to half the community, the ancient wisdom itself is pure evil too. Mm -hmm. So it which is funny because it's all over the world, all, all over the earth everywhere. And it, it, to me, it's hard to, 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 sympathize with that perspective a lot because a lot of the reasons why I'm into the ancient wisdom is because I found it inside first. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of this shit. I wasn't a religious person. I was into baseball and frigging classic rock, man. That's, I didn't do drugs. I didn't do it. I smoked a little bit of pot. That was it. And then I took mushrooms and boom, my whole life was there. I was Bernard. I woke up, you know? So it's like, I wasn't into any of this stuff and I naturally, when I started reading Hermeticism and Gnosticism and Buddhism and all these isms that are supposedly all satanic and evil, that's when I started to find what that's was resonating of, within me from authentic shit. experience. Yeah. Authentic direct experience gave me 
you know, insight into whatever the hell these ancient people were talking about. So how, no, it ain't, it ain't evil, but yes, they've absolutely successfully made it look evil in a lot of ways. And what, how it's presented is evil and they're dragging people into it. The same thing I was talking about with the self thing and the no self, if just hypothetically, if what I'm saying is true that, you know, we're all one and there is no self and they know that, I don't know what they're, they're just the egoic part of us that doesn't know that refuses to, I don't know. I don't know what their motive is, but if that were true, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's too much to talk about, I guess, but like they're externalizing and materializing power that belongs to us from within and putting it onto a fake version of history. So it's killing two birds with one stone, right? It takes our history away because it's, they hide the real history in fable and folklore and religion. Right. And no one in the modern day takes religion and fable and folklore as true history. The history we're handed is all fucking propaganda. The real history is hidden in fiction. And that fiction tells a very different fucking story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and so a lot of also, it takes away all our gods and it takes away all the angels and it takes away all the fairies. It takes away all the pixies and all of that. It doesn't take away magic. It doesn't take away the mystifying world that we live in and the amazingness of consciousness, but it takes away the characters. And again, back to what I said about language, how we attach meaning to certain words when they, you know, and that's how they get us. That's how they twist the language. If we have an internal experience and we go to read a book, well, oh, now it's a physical experience, and now it was a this, and I saw this, and it was outside of my consciousness. Well, nothing's outside of your consciousness. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the hoodwink, I think. Everything is being externalized, and we have superheroes to show us what we can be if we're hopping dimensions in the multiverse. It's all fucking fake. Yeah, you know... I think, all right, so so I'm with That the, was a lot, I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no, it was good because I think that magic exists. Yep. I believe there are things that were uh, fictionalized in folklore that are in, in reality real. I'm a firm believer that witchcraft, if done properly, works. Mm-hmm. And uh, I may or may not have a little experience with that. Right. So, uh, and I don't just say that stuff just to say it like, like I'm, I'm giving you the real deal. Hell yeah. So, uh, I think that why they like to fictionalize it is just that to keep people from understanding how much power each of us have within ourself. And we're just not able to through, because we've been told, that it's fake, that it doesn't, it's, it's, uh, it's fiction. Yeah, or right? you have to be this other person. Yeah. This so amazing person from history or something. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but I think we all have that. And that's just like, you know, early Christianity. I mean, there is so many, and these are kind of discussions I also try to get into with Sean and Buckley because Buckley kind of can agree with some of my, some of my thinking on it. Uh, he disagrees with Sean a lot, 
And that actually came out in an episode a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was kind of hilarious, actually. <laughs> but uh, if you go back to the idea of Christianity, mm-hmm. that it's based on this one person that was the son of God, which actually is now we're here. Jesus actually was God. He was just on earth as God's image, and he was the son of God. So right. was he God? Was he a God or was he the son of God or was he just a prophet? Right. So like or the Muslims, like the Muslims say, Oh no, we believe in Jesus. And then he was a powerful person. We just don't believe he was God. He was a prophet, right? Like, like Muhammad say, for instance, or whatever. But I do some studying into other subjects like the Templars and some, some, you know, other secret societies that, you know, are are still around today that were birthed out of the Christianity movement or, or the, or the thought that Christ actually existed. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like, do we really know if Christ existed? Because, because in the beginning, now I'm not trying to be like anti-religion or anything like that. I'm just, I think it's a fair question to ask. Well, people will say different things, right? They, let's say the shroud of of Turpin or whatever the hell Turin, it's called, the, the shroud Turin. of Turin. Yeah, that's proof for something. You know, this. Yeah, you're never gonna. No. Okay, so we so so follow me here. So in the beginning, the Roman Empire, or the Pope, or whatever, or or no, let's let's back it up even further. The Roman emperors would actually round up Christians and bring them to the Colosseum and feed them to lions, right? Mm. So what was it that made the Romans decide that they were going to adopt Christianity and then you have the, uh, you know, the beginning of uh, the Christian, excuse me, the Catholic religion. You got the Vatican, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it went from a world that was polytheism, which is believing in multiple gods, which the Romans did, yeah. which a lot of their gods were hijacked from the Greek gods. You mm-hmm. know, they're like the same gods with different names. Absolutely. So they went from polytheism to monotheism because they're like, oh, no, this Christianity thing, I think we can really use this as a tool to make people to to bring people in line and to fund Rome through the Catholic Church through the Vatican what is what is one of the richest banks in the world that a cannot be audited by anybody <laughs> nobody knows what's there right. nobody knows who they're loaning money to okay it's the Vatican Bank so so is the whole idea of christianity how can i put this the whole idea of christianity was just brought in and possibly fucking fabricated to just begin the world that we know now where we are being controlled 24/7 and it's just 
taken them 2,000 years to bring it to the point that we're in right now. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. There's um, So I don't know. I can't put all the pieces in, but some of what I would say is like the the difference between monotheism and polytheism, like the way you said that was perfect. That's exactly how it's kind of told to us. But like it wasn't really that like, I think we look at the Greek and Roman gods like the history books kind of lie to us because like, again, we're looking at monotheism and polytheism as kind of like the same thing, but like one versus many, but it's more that polytheism there. It's a gnosis of the fact that these many, many, many gods are that there is, they're they're not gods. They are the elements of, of the world. They are the forces behind things. Um, And I, and in paganism, which was everywhere, and paganism is, is even a loaded term, you know, that comes from a specific area, but we're talking about a perennial philosophy that seemed to exist everywhere. So it wasn't just quote unquote pagans, you know, a lot of it was heathen, but that word too, from what I'm hearing from my Scandinavian friends really just comes from heathen, hidden. So it's all this secret kind of language shit, but, um, Shit, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? <laughs> Fuck. What were you? What did? What were you? We talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> remind well, me. Well, well, I was bringing the, the, up the polytheism. Polytheism. Yeah. So the so they didn't look at their gods as gods. Like I think that's the Roman perspective from this idea that monotheism has to be the way. And everything is external again, right? It's this thing to worship. This false idol fucking definition of it meanwhile they're projecting that mentality back onto this quote-unquote multi-god culture but this quote-unquote multi-god culture they just worship nature and every part of nature they personified knowingly and willingly right it was part of that and i think we're sold that they looked at it like specific gods to be feared when it doesn't seem that way when you connect all the different cultures and how these gods play out their little stories and allegories and parables, they all relate to the same perennial philosophy over and over and over again. Okay. Okay. So, so I was just going to touch on that. When you look at the whole idea of uh, Catholicism or Christianity uh, and and they're not, and they're not one and the same. I mean, I've tried to explain that to people. People will say, uh, uh, are all Catholics Christian? Well, yeah. Are all Christians Catholic? No. And just that simple thing, a lot of people have a hard time understanding that concept. But the Catholic Church, as far as Christianity goes, is the biggest denomination in the world. It's is, the first. Is, is Catholicism. Based on this one person that we don't even really know for sure actually existed. Because I remember reading a book about the Templars many years ago. And uh, and it was a fictitious story, you know, supposedly. Hmm. And in one of the closing paragraphs of the book, they would say, this myth of Jesus Christ has worked out very well for us. <laughs> well, I mean, his image is supposedly like Caesar Borgia. 
Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. And then of course you, but you, then you have stories from, from the East, like of Isa, the revolutionary of this Yeshua Ben Joseph uh-huh. name. I don't know much. So I get those confused because I have heard a lot about Isa, but then you hear about Yosef or Yeshua and it's like a similar situation going on. But then again, you zoom out again and it's this hero character and all the right little metaphors and pieces are there to connect to every other friggin' hero we've had. You know, I, I think I would like all the listeners as a homework assignment <laughs> to go and find the first zeitgeist movie. And, and and that is a little bit of an eye-opener. When you talk about recycled stories, how they recycled Ishtar into Easter, how they recycled the resurrection from a previous resurrection from another person that was deemed some a son of some god or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, every, you got you got to watch those types of things. I mean, it's it's a half-assed documentary. It's Zeitgeist is interesting because the it's, series basically turns into transhumanism. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. So it's it like, starts out really it's like legit. three or four movies. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, but there's something I wanted to touch on with transhumanism too, when we get uh, a little bit further here, but I just, yeah. I, I just think that when it comes to the thought of whether we're actually here or not, you know, to kind of get back to that. Sure. You, you think, uh, is this reality that I'm living in here right now a reality that's only for me? Like only in my reality do does Andy and the Deep Share exist? Only in my reality YouTube exists or this computer exists or this is because for somebody else's reality it might not be that at all. Right. It it might be something else. And I'm saying for us to think that we're in a simulation theory or in a simulation, that would take an awful lot of fucking computing power to make that happen. <laughs> so that's the problem, man. You see what that I'm contempora- saying? That contemporary yeah. view. Like, so simu- like, what does simulate mean? It's kind of like to copy. Uh-huh. to to present a theory almost right like it's the action of a thought like to simulate what you're talking about and that's kind of what consciousness and what what physical material reality seems to be is this collective place where we get to see it's almost like god thought and this is the action if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Where yeah, it's like it does and in Gnosticism, they talk about this with Sophia is the creation. She is the creator. She's the creative potential. So that's thought. Think of it as like your thought process of I'm going to grab this glass of water in front of me. And then the action is this demiurge that does it. And this can get into like multiverse stuff too, because they talk a lot about, multiverse when it comes to like materialist materialism where like we're gonna hop universes and meet ourselves and even that movie uh 
everywhere all at once, whatever. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like this crazy movie where this woman suddenly has this ability to kind of like take from all these millions of other versions of herself and like gain their knowledge and like become superhuman or whatever. And it's still, it's still, it's like, that's still a materialization and telling you that the power is somewhere else. This idea of multiverse is actually just a perversion of quantum superposition. So superposition is that when you're not looking, the, the glass of water is everywhere. But then when you're looking, it has to, it collapses a wave function. It becomes a particle and boom, there it is. It's in one place. It's not just in a hypothetical many places. That's superposition. They kind of have taken that and painted it onto material reality. You ever seen the movie The One with Jet Li? He's like this crazy serial killer who's hopping universes to kill all the other versions of himself so he can be the one. They've done this because, yet again, we have to be these superheroes in material reality. And it's a farce. And it's, it's um, yeah, it's a parody of what what's really happening. Whereas, like, all of this reality that we're in right now, it's all it's all real, but this physical part of it is just the densest form and it's the action side of it's the consequence of the thought i guess you could say yeah so that's kind of deep that's kind of weird i don't know if that really answered anything but it's like to suggest we're in a simulation is kind of redundant because nothing is outside of it mm-hmm. well i mean <laughs> that's hard that's a hypothesis of course but like yeah i don't know yeah, no, it's that's more to in, say. No, on it's, this. Interesting. it's just a hard topic to to it's like a, bite at. It's reality. Yeah. Reality, you can't name it. And I really had no intentions of going in that direction. I just wanted to get together <laughs> with you and just and just have a conversation and get caught up and uh, you know, yeah, I know. yeah, and just t- and then we went of, off the deep end. Yeah, simulation, you, man. I will one. say that you and I sometimes when we get together, we we end up doing that. Yeah, because so. remember last time we had kind of a prerogative and we ended up in a different, totally oh, yeah. different place. And it yeah. was absolutely worthwhile anyway. Yeah. yeah so. We talked about Bigfoot a lot and your adventures with orbs in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> and that's still a huge <laughs> subject for me. And we're going to be getting more into that. All I watch, dude, if I ever have free time to just watch TV or, you know, YouTube now. It's just Bigfoot documentaries. Yeah. It's the only thing I have the speed for these days. Yeah. Just so watching dudes in the woods on night vision. The latest. <laughs> yeah. The latest Sasquatch Chronicles in the second half. Uh, I recommend people go listen to that story. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, check it out. And it was interesting to me because it took place in New Hampshire. And it's it, a rare it, one on, it, on, on his show. In, in, uh, well, I've listened to now. Of course, he's got hundreds of shows, but yeah, I like want to say four or five segments. Now he usually does a couple of segments per show, unless it's a really good encounter, right? Uh, take place in New Hampshire, so I, I I think that's pretty interesting. But what interests me even more is that it was took place down in the Monadnock region, on in uh, I don't want to say a state park, but maybe a some type of conservation area. Okay. And it's just really interesting because a lot of 
Bigfoot encounters happen in state parks, conservation areas, you know, basically land that people aren't allowed to build on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost uh, like maybe we put them on reservations or something. Okay. So, (laughs) so Sean and I have a theory on that. Yeah. We actually have a conservation area that we're going to be scoping out. Oh, I want to come where he believes is some form of burial mounds that he found that yes, that he found when he was hunting back when he used to hunt. Now he had some encounter with some form of entity and he no longer hunts. No shit. Yes. And this is all New Hampshire. It's actually really close. Wow. Yeah. So Dude, I want in. I yeah, want to come with so you guys. We are going to be doing a little mini uh, expedition, but we're bringing backup in case something happens. We're talking firearms? Ex military. Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> so I have a lot of friends that are ex military because I'm an older guy, so I know a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah. But a friend of mine who is a retired army ranger sniper. Mm-hmm. That's pretty pretty good choice. <laughs> six tours of Afghanistan. Jesus. He is going to be joining us because he's into the Bigfoot thing too. Nice. So we're going to have to think keep... of the giant out in Afghanistan. Do you ever hear that one? We Did talk... you ever ask him about it. I have. Yeah, I have. Nice. Uh, cool. Great story. The Kandahar giant is what you're referring to. Oh, yeah. Uh, L.A. Mazzuli, he's got a good take on that. I would love to get to talk to him. Cool, cool. And, uh, but uh, I actually came across that story uh, because that's that story's pretty old now. That story's a good 10 years old, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Like, at least. And uh, I first heard about that on an old Coast to Coast show which I still subscribe to this to this day. I've subscribed to Coast to Coast for many years. Yeah. Uh, ever since I got rid of XM Radio, because you could listen to it on XM and you could record it on XM and then go back and listen to it. But uh, I like be, being what they call a Coast Insider because you could listen to the shows and download it with no commercials. Hell no, yeah. No bumper music and stuff like that. I don't have time for that. Uh, you, you can get four, yeah you can get four hours of their show which is a four hour show every night could you imagine how much work that is yeah it's I mean nuts, I, I do one podcast a week and that's enough but uh, <laughs> but anyway so yeah so that's when I first heard about the Kandahar giant and, and in actuality the guy that they were interviewing was allegedly the pilot of the transport plane that brought him from Afghanistan back to the United States the body. That's nuts. Yeah, so that so that's interesting. It's but, really uh, interesting. But anyways, yeah. So we got some interesting things coming up on the Wicked Planet, and uh, and I guess if uh, we want to get off the subject that we were on, which we are, well, I can't speak for you, but I am. I am not even drinking alcohol, let alone doing any psychedelics. I'm just, oh yeah, I'm just strictly cannabis. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's totally cool because you guys can do that down here. You know, we still can't do that up here. It's crazy. Yeah, live free or die. Yeah, or it makes smoke. makes zero Weed. sense. 
make zero sense. Yeah, well, uh, it'll change. Well, the my more thought free on take over. Well, my thought on it is that the the governor uh, in the state comes from a very big and connected family, and I think when they figure out a way for his family to monopolize on it, that's when it will become legal. That's just mm. my, and I don't want to talk about politics tonight, but that's nah. that that's my take on that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, so uh, I kind of wanted to talk about your thoughts on, you know, uh, because, you know, we're, we're podcasters and I would say that we are professional podcasters because we do it consistently. We try to put out good content. We would rather do uh, quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't see myself doing a show every day. I mean, maybe if I ever got syndicated, you know, 10 years from now, or maybe if I'm even alive, <laughs> even alive 10 years from now, if I, but even but, if, even if I stripped it down to me, just having to sit down and talk for an hour, like I still don't think I could do it every yeah, day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have a famous morning show here called the morning buzz and, and they do it five days a week for five hours. Now, granted, if I was, if it was my job, I could probably do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if we were getting paid, right? But uh, but anyways, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to talk about the podcasting game a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure, hell yeah, man. Yeah, because you know, I mean, in the beginning of COVID, you know, that's when I got into it. You know, I got invited to come on to Dangerous World, and I kind of just took and ran it from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I yep. I just just took the ball and ran. And, uh, and I've been happy and it's been enjoyable and, and I, and I look forward to doing it every week again, like we said earlier, it's, it's a lot of work. It can be time consuming, but I don't mind doing it. And, uh, I've got a pretty decent listener base that looks forward to the show every week as I'm sure you do. And, Mm, uh, I think so, but, but, uh, I, I, I've noticed that a lot of podcasts that came in probably early COVID that were yeah. hot and heavy, like hot and heavy, all disappeared. They've all, they're all gone. Really? So, so I mean, what I do can you think of a couple? Yeah, yeah. So, so where do you think? I mean, now as we're, I mean, if we wanted to sit and talk about you know politics twenty four seven on a show, well, there's enough bullshit going on in politics. I always, I, I suppose, you wouldn't ever run out of anything to talk about. But then you got to remember there's, you know, a hundred thousand other podcasts talking about the same thing. And, and that's why on Wicked Planet, I like to talk about subjects that nobody else is talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like having certain guests on. If, if I'm interested in a certain guest and then I'm researching them and I found out, oh, they were just on, you know, 10 other podcasts that I'm familiar with that, yeah. that, that I know I that my listeners also listen to that. You know, not to sound not to sound a certain way, but I'm like, well, then I'm not going to have them come on my show because it's just going to be think, the, the same podcast, different show, right? Yeah, like to a certain extent, it's 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 good to to hear the same person's uh, spiel and have different questions, you know, fielded, right? Well, different think- perspectives, but like to a certain extent. After a while, there's a lot of us, right? We're all kind of listening to the same stuff, and we're all kind of. You know, we're a mob. We're we're a, we're an organism growing. It seems right, uh-huh. and so it's almost. I'm starting to come to the feeling where it's almost like trying to just put out the episodes and stuff like that for whatever sake. It's like we're all just moving together in this. It seems uh-huh. rather than individually, but that's not how it works 
than business. So as soon as this starts to become businessy, it doesn't really, it kind of like goes against what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I kind of got to agree with you there. And I mean, it was, uh, you know, there's some podcasters that I'd worked with early on that, you know, I don't really like even have contact with anymore you know, for whatever yeah, reason same here. Yeah. For whatever reason. And I mean, and that's totally fine. I mean, everybody goes in their own direction, but you know, I've been invited by probably five or six other podcasts in the last week, uh, to come on their shows, to make an appearance on their show. And then, so, so, I mean, I actually, because I have an awful memory, <laughs> I, uh, I actually went out and bought myself one of these. So I could keep oh, track. Nice. So I could keep track of what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, and believe it or not, a few of them podcasts or podcasts that are they're I won't say they're new, but they're new to me, like yeah. podcasts that I'm not familiar with. So, so the That's next great. few the next few months for for Ron from New England is going to be kind of interesting. I think going on a few other shows, but you know, getting back to what I was saying earlier. Now that we're getting past the whole COVID thing, and and I admit, like Buckley and I went pretty hard on the COVID thing, the anti-COVID thing. Right, yeah. Uh, for, you know, a good 50, 60 episodes. Well, no, maybe, yeah, maybe 50 episodes. Because <laughs> now, now we're up to 91 regular episodes, mm-hmm. and then, you know, a handful of bonus episodes or whatever. So, right. I mean, I haven't even hit 100 episodes yet. No, and, neither have I. Yeah, so, so, but. Uh, if I wasn't lazy, I could have, but I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, quality over quantity, right? Yeah, that too. But, uh, but what is your thoughts on now that certain subjects that we were, well, well, myself kind of dived into pretty heavy in like a, in like a truth spreading kind of podcast yeah. To say, hey, you know what, people, this is bullshit. Don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But don't believe me either. Go out and do your own research on it. I'm just going to give you some stuff to go look at, right? Right. So now that I feel as though we're basically getting out of this, and we all know it's a bunch of horseshit. We all mm-hmm. know that the jabs are a bunch of horseshit. We all know that there's an end game. You know, there was a beginning game, event 201. The end game is event. Uh, uh, agenda 20, agenda twenty thirty yeah so so you know it, you know that's it's going from there to here a lot of people are tired of hearing about it a lot of people are tired of talking about it so that's why like I say on the wicked planet I like to talk about different subjects that a lot of people aren't talking about so Andy mm. what is your take on what the future is for podcasters at our level I mean let's face it we're not Joe Rogan. Of course, we're, we're not no, Howard no. Stern, and, and we're no. not trying to be, you know. And I, no, and I think that's the cool thing because we're all just kind of laid back dudes, right? Mm. We just come yeah, on I and mean, we talk about our people thing. in the. I mean, we definitely rub shoulders with a lot of cool people that are legit doing this for a living oh, these yeah. days. Oh you yeah, know? and I've seen a couple podcasters that that I'm friends with suddenly be able to, and it's awesome. And I see it in myself too. I'm like, I, I could do that. I could bust my ass. Cause I notice when I put out more content that I really respect and I like that I'm putting out and I'm doing it more consistently, I get more attention. Uh-huh. It's, it's there. That's unfortunate because 
it's the, ugh, I have a lot going on. So it's like a lot of pressure to keep doing that. And when you don't do it, you start to, you know, numbers sizzle out after a while, a little bit. So it's, it's, it's a lot, but the future really depends on, I think what people want to get out of it for me. Like, so to, from my perspective, everybody jumping into it, you know, it was so beautiful because so many people, instead of just listening to more podcasts, wanted to ask their own questions. That's all it really was. A lot of us just became, you know, active contributors to the interviews that we already wanted to listen to and hear. And that's so powerful. It's so great. Um, I don't think that ever ends in, in one sense. Right. I mean, look at Carl Wood, right. Uh I'm sure there's some fluff episodes in there that he doesn't, you know, he, he works hard on every episode. Right. So it's like, I'm sure there's some episodes that some people don't like as much as they like other ones, but the dude has all the content in the world because it's kind of endless. If your topic is, you know, what's hidden, you know, because basically everything is we've been dealt a fake world pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if we're, if we're talking about like, yeah, the COVID narrative and shit like that, then it's just going to be like a teenager cutting themselves over and over again. Like we're just like sitting here watching it happen mm-hmm. and, you know, being a part of that turmoil. So I think branching off you know, if we're thinking about like, if we want to expose shit, that's kind of like a forever road until the whole world gets it. And that's either a pipe dream or it's not right. But if the goal is to entertain, which I think a lot of us don't realize is what we're doing more than anything else. And that's okay too. This is an authentic form of, of entertainment too. I think, you know, um, yeah. so it really depends on what your goals are. Um, the fact that we have this great, like network, a lot of us have connected not only with other podcasters, but a lot of listeners that we ourselves are listeners, uh-huh. you know, that's, that's just a springboard to many other things. I think 20 years from now, we can look back and say, remember when we were all podcasting, uh-huh. You know, or maybe some of us will still be podcasting and that's great. I think it will evolve. I think whatever the hell we're doing right here for the listeners, it's completely different. Sometimes for us, it's completely different. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. Well, you know, the other thing too, Andy, is that there's different styles of podcasts, right? Even if you're out, you know, if the end goal is to still, still get out information or to give people some entertainment. And I mean, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, I talked to another podcaster recently and we kind of touched on this subject and, and, and he disagreed with me on this, but I think that we are entertainers. Like we're, we're here to not only give you information and do our thing, but but I mean, ultimately, we want you to be entertained. We want you to be enjoying what you're listening to. I mean, it's, I, I don't. I don't want my show to be like, okay, class, sit down, get your notebooks. <laughs> Sometimes open. that's you know okay. What I mean? No, yeah. no, I agree. That is that is okay. And 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 to a degree, I think an argument could be made that that is what we're doing. Is we're being the professors of hidden knowledge or hidden history 
or or uh, uh, esoteric subjects or like me, how I love to talk about Nazi history and, yeah. and, and the Nazi history we were fed versus the real Nazi history. Right. Right. And how it all ties into my fourth Reich theory, which is another mm-hmm. thing I love to talk about, which we are going to be doing more about. But well, nice. But yeah, yeah. our style of podcasting is a little different than as you brought up Carwood. And we're mm. talking about the higher side chats. So yeah, yeah. so he uh what what Greg does is he might learn a little bit about the subject that he's gonna have a guest on about, but he basically lets the guest talk more than he does. I guess. I mean, he interviews them a little bit. He's a classic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I am not taking a thing away from Greg Cowwood. I mean, I, I, yeah, no, I perfectly. I am. I mean, I'm a plus member. So I mean, (laughs) I pay to listen to his plus shows. That's how, that's how much I like his show. Yeah. Okay. So, and actually other than coast to coast, I want to say, uh, the higher side chats was my first real deep dive into listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. because a lot of the subjects that he happened to be talking about at that time were subjects I was well, not was, but still am super interested in like hollow earth. You know what I mean? And uh, which I'm more into versus flat earth. Now, listen, I'll talk to flat earth guys all day long. I think it's a very interesting subject. I think it's a provocative subject, Mm -hmm. but I have to tell them and I have to remind Sean because Sean leans that way, you know, anonymous Sean, one of my, one of my Mm co-hosts and, and and I, and I, and, and that's fine. And they understand that I am agnostic about it. Like, like, I'm not going to dismiss it, but I'm not going to suck it all in either. Right. But it is an interesting subject to talk about. But but I really like Hollow Earth, like, big time. Yeah. And, and Greg, at the time, had a sh- several shows on Hollow Earth. And then he had L.A. Mazzulli on about the mm-hmm. Kandahar Giant, which was a fantastic show. And he just had a lot of other subjects, like he had Howdy Mikowski on uh, a few weeks ago. Awesome, awesome show. And I actually f- was turned on to the higher side chats by a couple of chicks that were customers of mine at the auto body shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, a girl had called me. She wrecked her Mercedes and come to find out it was just an old beater Mercedes. But hey, we're still a Mercedes. So I mm-hmm. said, yeah, bring it up. Well, since she had this other chick with her, which I you know, figured out was her, her girlfriend. And uh, which I'm totally fine with, zero problem with that. And uh, she had on a, I believe shirt, which is a from uh, X Files. Oh uh, yeah. And, and because at the time I was really into Bigfoot and UFOs, I said, "Oh, I love your shirt." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's about." I said, "Oh, I know what it is," and we started talking about that. And then she's like, "Well, have you ever heard of the Higher Side Chats podcast?" I said. No, tell me about it. So she did. And and this is before I like had a podcast app or maybe even before I even had an iPhone. I don't know. I might have had a BlackBerry <laughs> back then. Yeah. And I went on my computer. I found them online. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Then I found out that you could listen to some of those, some of the shows for free, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just blew up from there. And that's when mm-hmm. I just really got it interesting. And then I went on Instagram and just started following certain podcasts that I thought would be interesting. And that's how I got hooked up with Ryan at Dangerous World. And then it so just ballooned s- from there. I just thought of this, the whole idea of like entertainment versus like spreading information, right? The spreading information thing, which we all are a part of and we all try to do that. It's really like selfless. It's a selfless act, right? We're trying to get the information out. We're trying to help others. That's the root of it. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter who's getting it out there as long as it's getting it out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So like that angle to it can get so repetitive. Right. And like once if podcasts have to compete to tell the truth to people that feels what I was saying before, it feels kind of incompatible over time. And I don't know if we're going to run into some sort of weird bubble in podcasting or what in that arena, you know, but like, you know, Greg spreads a lot of, there's a lot of truth in there because he covers a lot of different topics. And at the same time, yeah, half of it's behind a paywall. Right. So it's like, it's an entertainment thing. It's like, if you want more, it's like, well, if it's the truth, and it's this all important information that a lot of us kind of like naturally take it for. Right. Or at least at first, well, then it would all be free. Right. Because that's mm. what we at the core of this community believe. And we hate the government and the fed and all this stuff. We don't want any of these monetary systems in charge of us the way that they've all set them up over thousands of years mm. over and over again. So it's, it's weird. It's all incompatible to the revolution of telling the truth, you know, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. I'm not trying to, I mean, I have a fucking Patreon, right? I don't do much with it, but I, you know, I'm part of it too. I'm just kind of reflecting on what I've been feeling about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. Like uh, Ram Dass, when he wrote Be Here Now, and of course, you know, half the audience like, oh, CIA controlled. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But Ram Dass wanted to give his book away for free. <laughs> he wanted to sell it for a dollar. And his, you know, his father, the lawyer, was like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. You know, it's like this idea of spreading this wisdom that all, that should all be for all of us. It runs into this very modern world, right? And we're just stuck in this loop of falling back into that quote-unquote satanic system, regardless of what we're doing. Unless we admit that it's entertainment, especially if we're all one and there is nothing to worry about, then yeah, this is all fucking entertainment. Yeah, you know, the whole thing, like you say, like you have a Patreon, I have a Patreon. I haven't even put an episode on it yet. (laughs) I, I have, and I apologize. I feel as though it's more of like, I think my the the three patrons I have, I think they um, appreciate it more. Like they're they're throwing me some bucks, you know. Like I, I yes, there's episodes every once in a while, but I think it's more like, hey, thanks, man, and I appreciate them for that. Big oh time. yeah, like oh yeah, no, really I cool no, I understand that, that angle <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah. I have a hard time. I mean, I I still have a mental roadblock with it because. Uh, when while I do want to, you know, have my show and entertain people, and uh, and things like that, like like I just have a hard time thinking about charging for it. I really yeah, do. Yeah, me too. I really do. I have a hang up with that. Uh, but the problem that I have is I also have a hang up with 
having commercials. Yeah, me too. But, 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 I'm, but I'm thinking, because I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I really don't mind commercials on podcasts. I get it. You know, we're not corporate. Skip, skip, skip. We're not, well, we're not corporate entities that are getting paid to do it. Right? I mean, I mean, we're not, you know, we don't work for, you know, Clear Channel where, no. where uh, people are going to listen to our show on terrestrial radio. So right. they have to generate income through ads. I get that. But, you know, I, I am trying to figure out a way that would, appease not only me but appease the listeners also yeah while kind of trying to monetize it somehow right so, yeah. so, I so there's I, any shame in it there's nothing yeah, wrong with yeah, monetizing no, your work no and, and i was just trying to think if there was like uh and i don't even know if this would even work because you know although i do have local listeners we recently found that out because mm-hmm. we were trying to keep this kind of on a download as the download as far as like where we are and, you know, because there might be some people that don't agree with what I have to say. But then again, they don't have to listen to the show. No, yeah. But, uh, but when they understand that you have thousands of listeners every week, they might they might think a little bit differently about that. And uh, mm-hmm. so so I just uh, was thinking, oh, what if I did ads from local businesses or or businesses like in just in the state of New Hampshire or Massachusetts or or you That's know in, a cool idea. in New England you know so so if somebody was listening in New England they could maybe go and patronize this person or something like that and I could do something <laughs> quick or whatever because I can do a commercial I don't have a problem with that uh yeah. I, and I actually don't have a problem with the commercials that anchor would would love to I get emails all the time Basically saying, why aren't you monetizing this? You're at almost a hundred <laughs> episodes. You have zero dollars, right? From from Anchor and Spotify. Well, Spotify because Spotify is a parent company of Anchor. But right. uh, but anyways, yeah, maybe getting off topic a little bit there. But yeah, uh, the not place. that we were on a topic. But I was <laughs> I was just kind of wanted to talk about you know your your thoughts and my thoughts on where the podcasters like uh, and not just in our circle, but podcasters at our level. What, yeah, what man, are so many what our future what our future is going to look like i mean for me i'm looking at it like a platform that like a few people know my name now and they may like what i have to say sometimes and maybe if i do something else they'd like that too and that's not even a guarantee and that's not even a definite it's just an idea like you know if anyone out there is like frustrated because they're trying to make money off of podcasting and they're not or something, it's like, it's a perfect opportunity to use it as just to get your ideas out there. And then maybe that will turn into something else. Like I've had a couple conversations with friends about, Hey, maybe we should co-write a book together on something. Uh Let's make a documentary. Like I was talking about earlier, like some of these things can stand aside from podcasting that could You know, if that's the route you're looking for, if that's what you're going for, you know, honestly, I'm into video games a lot. My God, is it in contrast to the truth community? It's first of all, it's all video games. They're all programming, you know, it's all violence and shit like that. So it's not like I really have an opportunity to mix those two worlds whatsoever. I could 
mix in my mountaineering, I guess. But like, that's the thing. When I try to look at it from like truth telling or, or information uh, dispensing to could this be a career? I don't think I personally, I don't think I got in the right time to do that. And when it came to, comes to like the truth telling stuff and I don't know how, how profitable that will be eventually, but like entertainment's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's two very different worlds. I've tried to cross them before one time, me, Shane, uh, Jeff shadow band. And, uh, I knew some, but I don't, didn't know it all podcast. We all we got together and we were doing a video game live stream together. And the comments were like, we thought this was going to be stuff that you talk about on your shows, blah, blah. You know, it's like, it's completely in contrast. Right. So it's hard. I'm not sure where, where, where I might take it eventually outside of the this is information that's really interesting about history you know well i i I, I have a few ideas and and uh you know and i mean i'm not even at 100 episodes and i'm already thinking of the future because i intend to continue to do this yeah so so but i also look at the whole idea of what is the wicked planet as maybe a stepping stone and I don't want people to say, oh, my God, what, are you not going to do the show anymore? No, it's not what I'm talking about. No. But I am developing other shows for other avenues and other venues. Right. So, And, and you have a project that uh, you asked me to come in on uh, yep. that, that hopefully, you know, we I still can want to do it. Yeah. So we can move on that when the time is right, Andy. I understand right. it. I think it is an amazing idea. And I'm. Very excited to be part of it. I just want yeah, you to know that. Yeah, I think that. it'll be fun. You know? yeah, if it so, works out the way we can make it work out. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think when you actually, other than, you know, our connection here, like in podcasting world, and our connection as friends, Yeah, when you find out my ability to do what you're asking me to do, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be very happy. Well, I'm excited so, for that, yeah, man. Yeah. That's, so, but I mean, awesome. but I mean, I'm looking at. I mean, listen, I'm third generation in the automotive business. My family's been doing automotive since they were fucking coming out of Detroit off the assembly <laughs> line, right? Like, like a hundred years ago. Yeah. So I am developing, and this is not a secret. People that listen to the Wicked Planet have have been told this before, but I am developing an automotive show. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, and I, and I, I, I could talk about cars all day long. Yeah, but, that's an avenue yeah. that can go the fucking distance, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. not well, the truth camp, but well, you know what I mean? well, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like I jokingly called it car talk knockoff. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you know the car talk guys are gone. You know they they don't do car talk anymore. Uh. One of the brothers passed away, uh, and and believe it or not, probably fifteen years ago, yeah, fifteen, maybe maybe a little less than that. I was approached by uh, a local public radio station to do their version of car talk. Oh, so, cool. so, so we were in talks about that, but when it came right down to it, they couldn't get the funding to do it. So we scrapped the idea, but, uh, but, but, but the one guy that ran like New Hampshire public radio was like, Oh my God, this would be awesome. You guys would be so good. <laughs> yeah. and, and I met this guy. He was a customer. That's how I met him. And I used to, and I used to do voice voice spots for uh, New Hampshire Public Radio. Oh, cool! And, and, and I mean, yeah, everybody's like, "Oh my God, they're ultra liberal." Yeah, they are. 
But that has nothing. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with the things that they. I was doing for them. I was doing ads for them, commercials for their fundraisers and their uh, telethons or whatever you call them. The fundraisers they have all the time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and they, and they and they and they were really good. And they said, "Oh my God, you have a perfect perfect voice for radio." <laughs> so so perfect. I said, "Yeah, well, maybe for somebody from other parts of the country that you know like to." make fun of me for my accent, which I don't think I have an accent, but apparently I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm but, from New England too, and yeah, you do. I'm yeah. the weirdo that doesn't though. So I, I don't I can't explain well, it. Well you know, Andy, I always said every state in New England has their own accent. And that's true. It's true. But that's the yeah. thing. Like it's all similar. I mean if I go of you know little like twenty minutes east of of me right here, I'll be in Dorchester and Fucking Dorchester, dude. You know, yeah, fucking. that's that's more the Boston accent there. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But like, it's kind of. And, and like I have no everybody. idea why anybody would have a reason to go to Dorchester, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's like going. Oh, what are you guys doing no, this weekend? You get oh, lost we're gonna... when you're in Dorchester. Yeah, if you're we... there. You're lost. I mean, nobody ever <laughs> says, "Oh, I'm going to go to Roxbury for the weekend." No, you know. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so so yeah, so I'm working on putting together. Uh, I guess you could call it a pilot uh, awesome. for, for the automotive show. Maybe you know a couple of test episodes. Uh, but that's I've got great, some man. things that I'm working on to try to break into iHeartRadio. You know, oh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like non-explicit, you know, yeah, non-sensible yeah. I'm, I'm stuff, you, like, like actual, like, like stories, like a storyteller or whatever. That would be so, great. I think you would be killer on the ads to do something like that. So, and like, you know, we don't, it's not a secret either. Like I've said it on podcasts before that I've, you know, slowly working on an audio drama. Yeah. I, some people probably aren't even familiar. What the hell is an audio drama? What's the relevance of that? That's the thing. I would probably start an entirely different channel and maybe, maybe put out like a teaser or a trailer, yeah. maybe a first episode on the deep share feed, just because sure there's people that see it and, and would, would notice it. But for the most part, I think it would be an entirely different world. But what's yeah. interesting, what I'm finding about the audio drama world, cause I listen to a ton of them and I love, I love audio dramas and you know what, it, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Andy, but no, no problem. Audio dramas, <laughs> audio dramas are coming back. Because, oh, yeah, because been, when yeah. I was a kid, now you got to remember, I'm an old guy. Ah. When, when I was a kid, there was what we used to call radio shows. And we used to sit on certain nights and listen to a particular show. And it was a, a drama. It was a drama you listened to on the Absolutely. radio. And you... Uh, took took that you, like you listened to it and then you imagined in your own mind the scene yourself like like you listen to you listen to the story that they're, that they're doing right and and then you kind of would try to visualize what the actors looked like or you would put your own actors in that place or whatever yeah. and, and it was just really fun and it was exciting and you and you couldn't wait to the next episode of the following week because it was usually a once a week thing and they did them so well that yes. they even yeah. convinced the whole world that one of them was real one time. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, the you whole know, war of the worlds. worlds. The whole war, war of the, the worlds. worlds. It's yeah. broadcast as like a play. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that and was people that didn't catch on to the beginning of it were like, "What is happening?" And that was actually an audio drama that Orson Welles did based on H.G. Wells' right yeah. story, uh, "War of the Worlds," and it convinced people so much that they were freaking out all over the country, thinking that we were under alien attack. Yeah, they're amazing. And now with all the, again, so I got into podcasting because I was always really into psychedelics and esoteric stuff and conspiracies, but I've also loved storytelling and I listen to way more audio dramas and with the fact that we can just do it from our basement and a lot of the shows that are now entering into the territory of getting optioned for, for TV series, mm-hmm. like like um, lore. Yeah. Lore isn't lore. necessarily an audio drama. That's not exactly the greatest example. Oh, oh. Well, um, it is though. It is coming. It is homecoming. Though. Yeah, yeah, they do play out stories from time from episode to episode. But homecoming is a great example. Homecoming is a a drama about like this creepy clandestine uh, program for soldiers when they get back from war, right? And now that's like an Amazon Prime show or yeah. whatever with Julia Roberts. Yeah. It's freaking ridiculous. Like, so it's entering into that territory. Some of those shows started in basements. Mm-hmm. Some of those shows started in home little studios. Well, Laura did. And in, what's that? In, Laura did. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, the podcast Laura. Yeah, the podcast Lore you is actually on Prime Video as well. And and they Prime, okay. Yeah. And yeah. and they are good stories. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what attracted me originally to podcasting. And then I ended up like talking to a buddy and switching over to kind of like mysteries and truth and stuff like that. But originally I wanted to do an audio drama because I thought this is an accessible way for the guy that never bothered going to film school right. <laughs> to fucking get some stories out there somehow. And like, I could do it with my, just by myself if I wanted or bring a bunch of people in that are interested and like doing this kind of stuff. You know, not everybody's a fucking actor. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> that's the hard part. <laughs> I think that's the part that I'm really excited about when you asked me to be part of the audio drama project that you're working on. The act of voice acting? Yeah, uh, because I always aspired to be an actor. That's awesome. I just, yeah, I just never me. acted on it. But let me give you a little history. I, ever since I was a teenager, wanted to be a filmmaker. A lot of people, Likewise, don't, a lot of people don't know that. I have read tons of books on filmmaking. I've read books on directing doing storyboards, I actually probably could walk right onto a set and direct a movie, and I'm not joking. That's awesome. Well, you're hired. (laughs) I almost, I came very, very close to enrolling in film school. Like, so close. Mm -hmm. And then I heard somebody say something one day, and it made all the sense in the world to me. And it was basically this. If you go to school to learn, and I'm not talking, doesn't have to be film school. It can be anything. If you have a natural born ability to do a particular thing, the last thing you want to do is go to a school about it 
Ding, ding, ding. Where some guy that never made it in the film industry, so we'll stay on the film motif, yep. was never in the film industry, maybe uh, was maybe did some commercials. Right. Is teaching you how to be a filmmaker when he couldn't even make it as a filmmaker. To me, that would be derailing or changing my natural ability to do that on my own. And you know, and you know who I'm a big fan of. A lot of people aren't, but I am because watched a documentary about him. I watched a documentary about a particular movie he made and, and just how he approaches the whole idea of filmmaking is Werner Herzog. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that guy, I don't think ever went to school for shit. No, and, and he has some really. I mean, you have to be into his style, which I am, and uh, that inspired me to not go to film school. So, because I think, I, I mean, I just think I have a natural ability to do it. It's just like I have a natural ability to do what I do here at my shop. You know what I mean? It's just a natural ability. I never went to school for it. I just, I grew up here doing it. Had my mm-hmm. own ideas of doing it. Learned from a lot of the older dudes that work for my dad that said, oh, who's this kid hanging out at the shop? What are you doing? You might as well get over here and give me a hand. Watch how I do this. Maybe you can make my job a little easier. And <laughs> yeah. then when my father found out that not only did I make their job easier, I was doing their work and they were getting paid. He fucking fired everybody. <laughs> and, and, and then, then uh, because now he's got a kid he don't got to pay. Right. Yeah. That's just as good as the people he was paying, right? So Right, yeah. So that just goes but but that was always my goal. That and I and I kind of always wanted to be a stand-up comic. Oh, that cool. that was another I thing I wanted to do. Comedy, but I never would have gotten up there. Oh, I would. Oh, I would. I, I mean, I would go you, to man. parties and people would beg me to shut up because they couldn't fucking they couldn't breathe. They were laughing so hard. <laughs> so, uh but you got to remember, again, I'm an old guy, so I've lived a lot of life and I've seen a lot of stuff and I can take yeah. the most heinous fucking thing and make it funny. You know, so, uh, but anyways, uh, just a little history on me. So that's why when you asked me to get involved or asked me if I wanted to get involved with you on this audio drama, I said, I'm in 100%. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I mean, just, so we'll work on We'll be, you know, I'm just like slowly writing a script and we'll see where it goes from there. Oh, I like the first part. You sent it to me. I like it. Yeah. I don't even know if that's there anymore. That's another problem that I run into, you know, it's like. And every artist, anyone that tries to attempt it being an artist or whatever, always goes through that where it's like it's you could critique your own work forever and ever and ever and ever. You are your own worst critic. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's the yeah. worst. When and I was especially doing- after I showed it to you, I was like, Oh my god, why did I why did I show that? I should have just thrown it away and started over. Well, because you need to have <laughs> other people look at it because then they can say oh, I know. Yeah. uh, okay, so maybe we should change this piece and this piece. What do you think of that? And, right, th- and that's yes. the whole that's the whole idea of having creative meetings, right? Yes, and it's, that's exactly it's, it's so what that's, I'm talking about. Everybody yeah. can put their input in. And say, well, it's really good, but, you know, I'm thinking in reality, maybe it should go this way. Maybe this this right. should be said. You and, know, and I did people three can agree takes on that. Of those. I did three takes of that line, and I think it would, be, it would sound more natural if my character said this instead. Right. The thing is, is like, 
<clears throat> now I did this all growing up. I was a little filmmaker, you know, running around making stupid shit, but I always just had my buddies. Right. And they couldn't act. <laughs> and I'm not calling myself an actor. I've never been in a production, but it's weird when you just love fucking movies and love acting and love film. You like, it's, I guess what you said, it kind of comes naturally. Like I've, done acting parts here and there and it's like very easy it's like yeah this is how they would present it like yeah. it yeah it's probably a calling i missed or something you know what i mean yeah but like, like so it's in this game what i want to do here is like the writing process yeah it's like i want to get a you know small tight-knit group of friends like you me and a couple others to to shape it right mm -hmm. but when it comes to the acting i do want to outsource a good portion of it like some of us sure if it works out but if we want if i want to take it seriously i want some people out there because like looking into the audio drama world it's very accessible people just want to act mm -hmm. people just want to do their voice acting they're not trying no one's trying to get paid it's very similar to like us having podcasts you know mm -hmm. that's what i like about it it's so accessible to at least be a part of this community, you know, go out and try it. Like I can send you some links, man, you know, uh, to go try out for some of these audio dramas. If you want to do some voice acting, well, do that. Do they're that, they're all over the place. It's really cool, man. Like who knew we were going to get into this topic, but yeah, it's like, I guess it kind of ties back into like, what do you do when you feel like a broken record and you, you already told everybody to go research for themselves and they're probably already ahead of you. Eventually that's, that's where my mind's going with my show. Uh -huh. So it's like, I got to start pursuing more creative outlets, I think. And maybe that would give back to the world in a more constructive way or something, you know, yeah. instead of talking about all the evil shit for years and years, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, and sometimes, uh, again, like we said earlier, we have to take a break from that because, you know, uh, guys like you, guys like me, other fellow podcasters, like we realize how evil the world really is. But uh, but yeah, so so that is something I would really like to do uh, in my life growing up. And that's something a lot of other podcasters want me to come on and tell them my story. And and I'm a little reluctant to do that because there's a lot of things that I experienced that could still potentially be a problem. <laughs> so, so what, what I'm, what I'm saying though, is in, in my earlier years and some of the things I was involved in, you had to be an actor. You had to play a role. And, mm. and, and, and that's why I said, I've always had a natural ability to do that. So uh, cool. I would definitely be into looking at links for uh, voice acting jobs that you have. Yeah, I, and like, I would once you get famous, then you'll have someone write a book about it, and you can tell your whole story in this big, beautiful, proper way. Okay, so I've already <laughs> I've been approached by three authors that want to write the story. That's awesome, and that's that's Let it true. sizzle for a while. That that's true. So so uh, I was approached uh, many years ago, like right after some particular things happened uh, that they knew I was involved in, and then later on, uh, uh, as recently as a year ago, I was approached. Uh, by somebody that didn't even know I had a podcast. Right. That probably makes sense. Like, yeah. wait, you tell me that guy's got a podcast now? Jesus, yeah. Yeah. this guy's in intense, man. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, I have a lot of really cool stories that I can talk about and I have a lot of cool stories I can't talk about. 
But uh, <laughs> but anyways, I had an interesting life. It is what it is. I don't regret a single thing that I ever was involved in. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and it just is what it is. And I think that's what makes me me, you know. But Damn uh, right. But anyway, someday, someday I might open up about it. Maybe, you know, statute of limitations, you know, whatever those are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can talk a little this bit is about so it. Juicy. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's true though, and that's why, and that's why I have no problem. Like I am not a shy person. Like I could walk right up to anybody and talk to them, right? Yeah, and, and I think that's why you know maybe you know and, and the other thing too is with podcasting is like I'm trying to hone my interviewing skills a little bit because when we were, when we were talking earlier about Greg Carwood and how his the way the way that he does his show. Uh, yeah. the way that the wicked planet works is it's entirely different. Like, mm-hmm. like we don't have a lot of guests on, right? Because we talk about subjects that don't require a guest. As long as I have a decent panel here. Right. Yeah, man. So, if I had a co-host, I'd be doing this shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. With so, someone like you. you know? So like when I have somebody to come on to speak about a particular subject, which I've done a fair amount of, yeah. uh, I want to be able to kind of hone my interviewing skills. So that's something else I need to work on. But it's just like anything, you know, uh, I just sent somebody an email the other day that was critiquing one of my real early shows. And I'm like, well, dude, listen to the latest stuff, you know, yeah. Be- because and I mean, and I and I told him, you know, it's f- totally fine. Thank you for the critique. But let me explain something to you. Right. Yeah. It's like it, it, it's all a work in progress. Like like I told him, I like we didn't go to fi- we didn't go to podcasting school. Like we didn't just graduate from podcasting school. We bought some cheap USB microphones. We downloaded some software. Boom. We're doing a fucking podcast. We're talking. So obviously now the equipment here is a lot better than it used to be. And, uh, and I've spent some money doing it. And and I would say, you know, I want to say thank you to, you know, anybody and everybody that's donated to the show. And, And we have people, you know, just randomly, I'll get a ching ching on Venmo. Somebody sent me ten bucks, or somebody sent me five or twenty. Or that's awesome. And I had one listener b- bought the show a beautiful Sony vlogging camera. You know, and that's I want to awesome. get him on the show and talk to him. And uh, he's going through some stuff now. Uh, his dad just recently passed away, so I stay in contact with him. See how he's doing. He sends me a lot of books. I get uh, our friends uh, from Australia, uh, Marguerite and Jared. They they sent me uh, a really cool book. They stay in touch with me a lot. So, so you form a lot of relationships with people, right? Absolutely. International, yeah. man. Yeah. So, so it's like, uh, you know, we want to work on the show being better. We want to do different things. We would like to bring more guests on and I would love to get more guests in the studio because my mm-hmm. studio was set up. I can have four people in here and, uh, yeah, man. And, yeah. So I'm close to do that, but so I got to take a road trip up to you and just fucking do a show. And you, and, and you know what too, Andy, that would be so freaking easy I know because <laughs> I am like probably an hour and a half. Yeah. You're not even max. two hours. You're like an hour and 20. Yeah. I mean, we I can, it out. We're I mean, just, I yeah. can be to Boston from here. Now I don't mean downtown Boston because it takes an hour to get to Boston and then another hour to get into Boston. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. So, so uh, small. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, yeah. And I've even talked to Matt T about doing that, about coming up. Yeah. You know, I, and, and even think and, we and need even to get Mark, together. Yeah, Mark, Mark and I were going to get together too. So I feel like we've been saying it for three years and some of us have gotten together, but I, I really haven't. I, I've just kind of, I've gotten together with Jay Hanahan. Shout out to Jay. From but Jay's close to you now, right? 
What's that? Jay is close to you now, though. Well, he is, but he was always in Massachusetts anyway. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's 15 minutes now. Yeah. Not that we see each other all the time because we both got kids and lives and everything. But, yeah. you know, it's like we've been saying it for a long time. We got to make this New England podcaster thing happen because yeah. a lot of us getting together at once would be awesome. Have yeah. a big cookout that, or something. Yeah, that would be really cool. Well, Buckley and I have been talking about doing a big meetup here. That'd be great, man. Yeah, because I've got the room here. I can, I mean, you can. I tried to do the meetup, remember? I tried to get everybody to go fucking hunt Bigfoot with me. Yeah. And the only person, the only person that came with me was my buddy from back in the world. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll have to sit down another time and talk about the results on that. There was no results. <laughs> we left. It started to pour and we only had our like crappy summer fall tents. You know, yeah. we didn't have anything like weatherproof. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. We ended up, so we weren't going to go because no one else was going to go. And then we decided the last minute, like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And so we just went half prepared. But like when we got there, yeah, the weather was shit. So we ended up leaving. It was unfortunate, but that just means we have to go back. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know when we need to do it is is right at the end of black fly season. That's probably a good idea. And maybe and maybe by then my new hip will be installed. Ooh. So I will be able to actually I mean, I can walk now. I mean, I'm not crippled. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh not going to lie, it's painful. Right. So right, I, yeah, I mean, this- I mean it's so bad that I've opted out of going on any vacations in the last year. Uh, yeah, I, I won't be doing my uh, typical end of January out of the country vacation. I won't be doing that this year. And I'm not, I told my wife, I said, you want to go to Aruba? You want to go with your girlfriend? Well, I don't care. I can't do it. Right. It's like more painful than enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And that's, well, the thing is, I don't want to make it so it's not enjoyable for them. Right. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, but listen, yeah, well, Andy. Well, I hope that happens for you soon. And yeah, yeah we'll definitely well, get out to Well, the we're working swamp. on it. Yeah, we're working on it. I had another scan last week. Good, uh, good. To check that out because uh, something happened to me uh, a couple weeks ago. I literally couldn't walk. I couldn't move. And it, and it was a little a little scary, actually. So Yeah, man. But uh but anyways, uh you know, I'm getting older and my body's been abused. So I mean I'm I'm paying I'm <laughs> self abuse. I'm paying for the <laughs> sins of my past, I guess. All right. All right, Andy, listen. Uh this has been fun, man. Yeah, it's been a great time. I've been really looking forward to getting hooked back up with you. Uh I think yeah, bro. I think about you a lot and uh I know we, we used to speak a lot back uh, when I was just getting into the game and you were already kind of established in the game and uh, and we hit it right off and, uh, you know, you're a good guy. Consider you a friend. I can't wait to meet in Likewise, person. man. And, yeah, we uh, got to make it happen. Yeah, and uh, and let's get working on the uh, the other project. Cause, yeah, cause, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, I mean. I got I to gotta start doing something creative because, yeah. Uh, yeah, things get stagnant. Like, taking a break from the podcast is one thing, but, like, you know, that relief of not having any responsibilities at night after a long day of work, that can get out of control too and just turn into just video games and snacks. Okay, so let me tell you, <laughs> I was at this point where I was looking forward to Tuesday night because I would never schedule anything on a Tuesday night. Smart move. And it was the only night I had to myself. Mm-hmm. And then I started feeling guilty about it. 
Oh, because like like right now, uh, we tape the Wicked Planet on Wednesday night. Show comes out on Thursday, anywhere's between noontime and four p.m. Yeah, and then if I'm you know uh, making appearances on other shows, that's usually a Thursday or a Friday night. Because those shows, a lot of those shows are out of California, so we have the three hour hour dif- uh, three hour time difference. Right. Uh, I like it when I join shows from uh, from England, because England or the United Kingdom, uh, because mm-hmm. one of the shows is actually out of Ireland, I believe. Uh, yeah. I, I like doing those because they're five hours ahead of me, so I can do that like at three o'clock in the afternoon here. Yeah, and it's eight <laughs> o'clock there, so so that works out pretty good. But but listen, Andy, I'm going to let you go. It is. A little later than I thought it was going to be. I thought we'd go Ooh, for about an hour. This just rolled, man. We just yeah. kept going. We t- we covered a lot of random topics, and yeah. none of them to a sufficient degree. <laughs> well, you know that's okay. Uh, I I this had a good fun, time. Uh, how yeah, many man, times have we talked on the phone and we said, "Jesus, we should have hit the record button." Yeah, so, man, that happens to me and Dan as well. Like yeah. we'll sit there on the phone for like an hour, like. This is gold. Why weren't we recording this? As well, like, shit, I feel like we're I'm a teenager again, having really awesome conversations with my buddies and yeah. not recording them. Yeah. Well, let's just let's just consider this a phone call that we hit record on. Absolutely, yeah. man. All right, Andy Thanks from all your the, listeners too. Andy from the Deep Share Podcast. Why don't you let everybody where they can find you? Like they should know already, but go ahead. That's that's where to find me. Just uh, on social media, I'm the Deep Share, and you can go to thedeepsharepodcast.com for eh, just to listen or watch, or you just go to YouTube, Odyssey, or any podcast platform. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. about it. Yeah, that sounds good. And everybody knows where you can find me, Ron from New England or the Wicked Planet Podcast on Instagram. Damn right, man. That's the best place. All right, Andy. So good to talk to you, dude. Yeah, you too. Maybe we should stop saying we're going to get together. We should make it happen, even though it's like winter right now. So we're not going to be doing too much fun outside. Unless we get all bundled up, I guess. But we'll make it happen soon. Well, you know what? When I have my very, very nice big house down in Florida, <laughs> you guys can come down and we won't have to worry about snow. And that's going to happen. I don't know when, but I can guarantee you it's going to happen. Well, I'll look forward to right. it, man. All right. Andy from the Deep Share Podcast, thank you for joining me tonight, and uh, let's get together real soon. Absolutely, man. Peace, brother. Peace, brother.